I'm not pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work coronavirus edition. So uh, I keep saying that my opening for a while has been coronavirus edition, uh, but I really haven't talking about the coronavirus. So today is magic and the coronavirus. So I'm going to tell the story of, or at least thus far the story, uh, of how... um, the pandemic has affected magic and affected me and such. Uh, so today is that story. Okay. So the beginning of this story uh, is we have to go back to, I think, January. So in January, I am asked uh, by um, uh, our partners in China if I would come speak at uh, – there's a convention. There's a big convention going on in China – and they wanted me to come be one of the one of the main speakers at it, um, and I'd never been to China before. I was very excited, uh, and so I said, "Yeah, yeah, that that sounds great. I, I would love to come to China and and speak." Um, and then, I think a few days or a week, maybe a little bit after I committed to say, "Yes, I'm willing to go to China," uh, we started hearing a lot of news about uh, there was something going on in Wuhan, China, and such and that. Um, but at the time, I wasn't. We weren't even one hundred percent sure where the event was going to happen, and China's a very big place, and you know, no one really understood the scope of what was going on in Wuhan. So um, early on, I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I, I should keep my. This is something going on in China. I, I'm potentially visiting China. Okay, I, I should pay attention." So I was actually playing a little bit closer attention than probably most people, just because I'm like, "Oh, well, I might be going to China. I need to care about this." Um, and then. As things started getting a little bit worse, um, I started questioning, like, oh, uh, am, should I be going to China? You know, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. And uh, at some point, I think they um, – there was talk and maybe they postponed it, you know, early on. Um, but anyway, like I said, I was paying attention to this more so than normal just because I, I thought I might be going to China. Then I think it was early March – um, there is the first death in the country from someone from, um, from COVID. Um, and where did it happen? King County. Uh, so not just my state, you know, not just the state I live in, the county I live in. Uh, so for those who don't know, King County is, um, basically Seattle and the, the greater Seattle area is in King County. Um, so, like when the first when when the first death is reported from the pandemic, it's not like far away or from distant thing. It's like from a section of town that I've been to numerous times, right? It, it's it's well known, you know, the area it happened in is some some place I know well. Um, and so that was a little bit freaky. Um, like also the other thing is, for example, that when they found the first murder hornets, they were in Washington, and like could the end of time stop? <laughs> Stop beginning in, in Washington all the time. Um, but anyway, so it, it definitely was something on our minds. You know what I'm saying? The, the, when the thing first started, uh, there were a few hotspots. And the first major hotspot was Seattle, so in King County. Um, and so it was something we were very conscious of. So it was, like I said, I had already been paying attention to it because of my potential visit to, to China. Um, oh, well, by the way, real quickly, that part of the story is uh, they ended up delaying the event, obviously, because of things going on. Um, and then at some point, like, all travel got canceled. Anyway, so it, one day, one day in the future, I will – I'm excited to visit China, by the way. Um, it, it, it's one of the few places that obviously is very active in magic that I haven't been able to visit yet. Um, but anyway, uh, that got canceled. So I, I, I guess no, no surprise, I did not end up going to China. Um, okay, so – they report the first death, and there's there's definitely a lot of 
of tension in Washington State and King County especially. Um, and then I think it was the – so I think the death was early March. And then the second week of March, a couple major – I know Amazon for sure and then Google or something. Like a couple of the major um, uh, businesses in Seattle said to their people, hey, why don't you work at home? Um, and we, Wizards then gave us a little bit of a warning. I think we did a test day. We're like, okay, for tomorrow, let's all stay at home and, you know, let, let's have a day as if we were at home so we could test things out. Um, and so we actually did a, like, we sort of saw it coming. And so we did a little bit of test prep and, um, there's a, there's software you need and there's just different things to, you know, to make it work. And so one of the things we did is we did a day where we went home and we had tested. Um, now given, um, in the past, uh, we had done a little bit of testing for stuff like snow days and things. Um, but this time it was like, okay, real seriously, let's, and, and, um, you know, if you needed certain elements or, you know, you could go to the IT department and get things you needed, but there was some time to try to figure that out. Um, and then it was pretty quick. Like, uh, I think a week after we did the test, uh, I got the note, I got an email or a text, I think it's like, okay, okay. Um, for the next two weeks, just for the next two weeks, we're going to we're going to work from home for the next two weeks, um, and this was like second week in March. Um, so I mean, it was it was pretty early, all said and done. Like Washington was one of the first places to start shutting down, mostly because we'd had the first death here. Um, and so I started working from home. I think in the second week of March is when I first I started working from home. Um, and then what happened was. Um, two weeks later, um, they closed – Washington closed the public schools. So I uh, – Adam and Sarah, my twins, uh, are go to the high school here and so the, the high, their high school got shut down. Um, my eldest daughter, Rachel, by the way, is at college. She's in college in Chicago and at first they weren't shutting the college down. So she was staying there. Um, so anyway, uh, school got shut down uh, and then my wife's job got shut down. Uh, and then I think end of March, like they – Washington just like were closing everything. That's when the shutdown began in Washington was about end of March. Um, I think I think the first state to shut down had been Ohio and then California. And we were – like we were third or fourth of the ones to shut down. Um, but anyway uh, – and then just from, real quickly personally, um, in the middle of April, Rachel's school was shut down and then we'd have to fly her home. So then Rachel obviously spent the whole summer here. Um, anyway, so uh, so mid-March, we got locked down. Oh, and once again, when we first got locked down, it was like, okay, it's going to be two weeks. Uh, and then by the time those two weeks elapsed, they had shut the state down. And they're like, okay, well, you know, obviously while the state shut down, we, we can't be open. The state shut down. Um, and then it just sort of kept going on. Um, like I said, I as I'm recording this uh, in August, uh, I'm still working from home and probably will be for a while. So um, anyway, okay, so what exactly does that mean? Um, so one of the interesting things about my job is um, I, I make magic sets and I make magic sets at the very beginning of the process. Um, so what that means is uh, my team, the... I interact my I and my team interact a lot with the creative team because uh, a lot of world building there's back and forth of you know um, one of the keys to, to building a, uh, especially a new world is you know the the creative team will say well here's the kind of world we're thinking I'm like well here's the kind of mechanics I'm thinking and there's back and forth 
Um, like a good example might be like an Innistrad where I'm like, oh, once I started to figure out how we wanted to color code the, um, the monsters, I'm like, oh, well, I need to spread the monsters out. So like, okay, well, vampires are going to be black and red and zombies are going to be black and blue and werewolves are going to be red and green. Well, I didn't need to go talk with them saying, okay, well, if I'm saying red and green, you know, like, it has implications. Like me choosing to do things in flavor, they have to make sense of that. And so um, there's a lot of that kind of back and forth. So anyway, um, a lot of my job, I mean, it, it varies from person to person. A lot of my job is meetings. Um, and there are two basic kinds of meetings. There is what I will call more functional meetings where you're trying to get work done. And there's more informational meetings where you're in a larger group and things are being communicated to you. Sometimes in those larger groups, there's back and forth. Sometimes you're sharing information. Um, like a good example would be card crafting where we're talking about some topic. And so there's discussion that goes on in card crafting. But it, it's a larger meeting usually where somebody starts by talking about whatever the issue is and bringing up all the relevant points about the issue so everybody's up to, up to speed. And then there's conversation about it. Um, there's stuff like Tuesday Magic Meeting where that's more of people are giving us information. We have a lot of speakers come talk to us so we're aware of what's going on in different parts of the company or different parts of the product because um, R&D is at the, sort of at the start of the product and that, there's a lot, a lot of people downstream from us. You know, Once we're done, there's a lot of other work that gets done that has to be produced and there's a lot of different uh, between you know, organized play and digital and printing and editing and although editing technically is R&D. But um, there's a lot of stuff past us handing off the cards. Okay, so um, – oh, and then the other big part, obviously, my job is the design part, right, making cards. Um, so what we found was uh, you probably could boil down my job into three major components, which is sort of the meetings, the design part, you know, literally making cards, you know, making mechanics and cards, uh, and then playtesting. Um, so what we found was uh, the meetings um, – Meetings worked fine. I mean, to be honest, uh, when you're sitting in a room talking to somebody, uh, it's – I mean, there's a, there's a different dynamic, y'all being in your own place than rather being in the same room together. Um, and one of the things that we do a lot when we're in the same room together is we make use of the whiteboard uh, and sort of how we use the whiteboard. I mean, there's, there's, there's things you can do online that are – but it, 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 there's something about that dynamic of being live that is a very different animal. So um, – yeah, that is definitely something that is, is, is different. Um, but the general sense of just talking back and forth, that, that part is actually translated exceedingly well. well. In fact, it's funny. If you had asked me a year ago, okay, you're going to be at home and have to do your job at home and you can't leave, how effective would you be? I would have thought less effective than we've actually been. I mean, kind of the necessity of having to do this has been interesting to learn stuff. So um, the actual meeting part has been pretty good. Uh, the one big change um, that has gone on is um, the way we normally – the way I normally run my vision designs is we'll meet twice a week for two hours a week uh, – sorry, two hours a day. Ah, twice a week for two hours. That's, that's harder to say than it should have been. Uh, twice a week for two hours. That's normal. So we do four hours of meetings a week. Um, what we found in this new system is rather than do two two-hour meetings, we tend to do four one-hour meetings. Um, the dynamic of – it is actually a little bit easier to do a little bit every day in smaller meetings than it is to sort of sit in one. Um, the, that's one of the biggest things we've discovered is that uh, – 
part of what we're trying to do in, in this new world here is figure out the dynamic to make things work. So it turned out that the smaller meetings, the bite-sized meetings work a little better for online. Uh, so we, we switched over to that. Um, the informational meetings still go on the way. So for uh, a lot of you probably working at home as well, but like essentially there are meetings where everybody gets to talk. Like there's meetings where everybody's ahead and anybody can talk. And then there's meetings where only certain people can talk and it's more of a presentation. Um, you know, wizards will do, um, like whole employee town hall type things. And then even in R and D, like the Tuesday magic meeting, for example, still happens, but it's more presentations. Like, um, uh, the way it works there is, um, you can ask questions, like there's a thread to ask questions and stuff. So you can ask questions in the thread. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the larger group meetings are happening. The, um, the, the individual, you know, the team meetings are happening. Um, the, the trickiest part of the whole thing of being at home has actually been playtesting. We, we've, we've found solutions. And it's not like we're not – we are playtesting. So um, it is something we, we've found ways to do. But it's not – like if you would ask me, for example uh, – in a meeting of talking in meetings, um, I would have said, oh, I don't know, maybe in person it's better. And like, oh, it's different, but actually it's been just as productive. Um, playtesting has been a little bit harder. I mean, not that we haven't playtested, not that we aren't playtesting. We are. We're actually doing a lot of playtesting. But it's definitely been the thing that it's not as smooth as just shuffling cards and playing something right across from you. Um, there is – that's the largest differential to me um, that – uh, it's, it's the thing that like, we're, we're, we're always sort of trying, like, it's, uh, it's the one thing that if you told me like, okay, we're here for another year, it's the thing that I would spend more time on just cause it's, we're, we're, we found workarounds and there's numerous different workarounds, but, um, it, it's the kind of thing that I, I think has the biggest differential. Um, the other interesting thing, the, the final part of it is, uh, the design part, right? Uh, and that part, um, one of the byproducts of being at home is, there are a lot of distractions that happen at work, um, some of which are good. Um, one of the biggest things that is different for me uh, is what you call crosstalk. So a crosstalk means I'm at my desk. I'm talking about something with – like Ari sits right next to me. So I'm talking something with Ari and, hey, we're in the pit. We're there. Other people might hear us talking and it's very common to chime in on a conversation. So Ari and I might be talking about a set that he and I are working on, but somebody else who's sitting two desks down who's not on that team might hear it and just chime in an opinion, you know what I'm saying? And so um, the biggest thing that is different to me is there's less crosstalk. Um, and we're trying to find ways to mimic some of that. Um, like one of the, the, the interesting things is um, there are people, for example, that I saw every day at work that now I don't see as much just because I'm not directly in meetings with them. Where, um, like for example, Eric Lauer, who is my equivalent on set design, um, Eric and I sit, our desks are right near, we're like, we're like kitty corner from each other. But anyway, on a, back when I was in the, in, in the office every day, Eric and I talked all the time just because we're right near each other. Um, and now we have to sort of go out of our way to talk to each other just because we're not, he and I don't overlap in meetings. He's doing set design, I'm doing vision design. Um, I mean, I mean, every once in a while we overlap. But it, it's... It's more infrequent than frequent. And so somebody who I used to talk to every day, I have to go make more effort to talk to rather than something that just kind of happens. Um, and and the, the, that is my biggest – in fact, the biggest difference um, – playtesting is a part of it and then the, um, the, the crosstalk. Um, now, on the plus side, um, one of the side effects of sort of working at home is um, – there's a lot of stuff that kind of chews up your time in, in small increments. And one of the things I found hard was I just 
trying to find time to design at work when I, I, I literally just have to design cards uh, is harder than this at home. At home, I just have blocks of time. Like your schedule is so regulated because it's just like you choose when you're interacting with people uh, where a lot of times at work what would happen is – you know, I'm in the middle of doing something, but then I hear something. So I, you get dragged off into things. There's a lot of positive to that. There's a lot of positive to, oh, this thing I didn't know about, I hear about it, and then I get involved in. Um, but there's also negative in that it, there's a lot of sort of time chewing that happens. Um, so one of the interesting things of being at home, one of the pluses has been uh, I've just been designing a lot more cards. I, I've just been do more actually raw design, uh, which I enjoy. Um, one of the things that's interesting is you sort of move up the design ladder, if you will, um, you get more and more responsible for larger and larger things. And so the tactical sort of card making, you, you get to do a little bit less of that because you're worrying about bigger things. Um, but I enjoy the card part. I really like designing cards. Uh, so that has been, um, it's been fun. That's a part, part of the, it's funny. I, I, I try to look at, you know, um, I mean, I'm an optimist at heart. So I'm like, okay, so what, what, what's good and what's bad? And like the good part of this has been, um, it's really made us rethink about some of our processes. And in some level, when you have to change the dynamic of something, it makes you appreciate what was there. Um, and so it really has made me have a better understanding of kind of what I valued at work that I didn't know I valued. And so that's been very, that's been useful for me. Um, and like I said, it's been, it's been very interesting. I, uh, vision designs in a weird place where, like I said, we have the least amount of interaction with other people because we're just at the beginning of the process. Um, we, we have the most of kind of like we can invent in a vacuum to a certain extent. Um, there comes a point where we're interacting with people, obviously. We, we hand off to people and things. But um, especially the first half of vision design uh, and most of exploratory design is really us in our own space trying things out. And so – um, the ability for people to kind of be at home and do like it's a little bit easier to do the homework and stuff, and so that just more people are producing larger amounts for the homework. So, from a design standpoint, from a pure design standpoint, just a lot of cards are getting made, uh, and I think I think that is going to. I, I'm really happy. Like that part of it has been really really good, and I think um, a lot of our um, our vision stuff has just had more increments, and, and our um, our exploratory is able to explore more things. And so anyway. Um, I think that's been good. All in all, I will say this, that um, I think when Magic comes out two years from now, uh, that you guys are not going – like, I don't think that it will be clear um, what we made in office and what we made at home. Uh, I, I think our processes are, are have been pretty good and that that's going to be invisible to you guys. But, um, but anyway, behind the scenes, it has been definitely interesting on our end about that. Okay. Now, that was talking a lot about – uh, behind the scenes making magic. Um, there was some other issues I want to talk about with COVID that became important to us. So one of the things was um, whenever something happens, you really have to look and see what are the ramifications. So uh, one of the biggest things on, on the, like I've been talking internally, like making a magic. Now let's talk about putting magic out there. So magic, there is uh, tabletop magic, paper magic, and there is online magic. Um, online magic obviously has actually done quite well in a pandemic because when people are at their home and this is the way you can play magic safely, um, you know, it has been something that, uh, we anticipated would get a lot of people and it it turns out, yes, well, people like playing magic and here's, you know, magic online and magic the gathering arena are both very fun ways to play magic, you know, from your home. So those obviously have attracted a lot of people. Um, the other interesting thing that I found was the number of people that said, okay, I want to play Magic. Um, 
how else can I do that? And just watching, uh, for example, Commander has been very robust online. There's been a lot of different ways for people to play and people setting up webcams. And anyway, it's been, it's been neat um, watching the audience adapt to, to the pandemic. And what we found was, um, I mean, we were, I'll be honest, we were a little worried early on in that, oh, oh no, no, like, you know, Magic's a game about people interacting with one another. What happens when everyone's locked in their home? Uh, but it turns out that people will find ways to interact with each other, even locked in their home. Uh, and that part of it is people playing with people who they're, they're in lockdown with. Part of it is people playing online. Part of it is webcams. And anyway, it, it has been, I really have enjoyed watching kind of the Magic audience step up um, to embrace magic like through the, the lens of the pandemic and, and, and like, okay we love magic how can we still play magic so that that's been very very cool um another big thing on our end was uh one of our big concerns is uh the um the stores are a very important part of our ecosystem um you know yes i mean yes Obviously, we have digital magic and stuff, but also we have tabletop magic. And, and, and the heart of tabletop magic, um, well, there's lots of people playing at their kitchen tables. That, that's always very important as well. But the, uh, in-store play is a very big part of it. And one of the things we were concerned about was um, all the stores that had to shut down. So Wizards took a couple steps to help the stores because, like I said, it's something very important to us and it's a big lifeline. So um, we did a couple things. One was... Uh, we had put out uh, mystery boosters. Uh, so Gavin had made, um, had come up with this idea for, basically they were magic packs that just had, I forget how many, but 1,700, 1,800 cards, possible cards in it. Uh, and they were pickups from old cards. And so it just was a smorgasbord of old magic. And, and just, uh, it was trying to capture the essence of chaos magic. We're just like, who knows what's coming your way? And so it was a seal that just had such wide variety of what you could open. And it was very nostalgic and you could see all sorts of old cool things. Um, and we had done those uh, at conventions, very popular. And then we had done uh, a store version for people playing stores. The, we, we had sold those. They had sold very well. People liked them. Um, so we made a second printing of those, and then what we did is we just gave it to the stores. Uh, instead of uh, selling it to them, we gave it to them as a means to help the stores help make some money for themselves to cover some time, obviously, when they were shut down. Um, another thing that we had done is uh, we also helped, worked with uh, Magic Gathering Arena so that people could run events are on arena but connected to a store uh, to allow store owners to sort of get their players linked together so that, you know, help keep some... One of the big things about the lifeblood of stores is the bond that happens between all the players, that, that the regulars of the store. Uh, and so we created a system so people, store owners, could set up and let the regulars play against each other online. Um, another big thing that we did was... Um, oh, I didn't talk about the impact. I, I'll talk about it, Corey, in a second. So... Um, well, I guess I'll talk about it now. Uh, but one of the things I was going to say is we, we allowed them to sell pre-release kits. I'm getting there in a second. But uh, one of the other things we did is we allowed the stores um, to uh, – normally, if you want to play in a pre-release, you have to play in the store. And for the first time ever, we allowed stores to sell pre-release kits to let people play at home for the pre-release, to play at the, in their home with their, the people they were obviously uh, uh, at home with. Um, so let me talk a little bit about Ikoria. So one of the other big things that happened is um, Magic has a schedule. 
Like, uh, one of the things that's really interesting, you know, 27 years into the game is magic is, is, is a train that's on its tracks, you know, and um, we, don't, we don't miss our dates. Like, when something's supposed to come out, it's supposed to come out. Um, and uh, COVID has definitely done a few weird things. One is um, we actually ended up delaying the release of Tabletop, of Ikoria Tabletop. We had to push that back a bunch of weeks um, just because we everything was shut down and we didn't want to – well, sorry. It did come out in Tabletop in certain regions in the, in the world. Uh, the majority of the regions, it got delayed. Um, and then we did allow it um, – we decided that we would allow it online because that's how people could access it and we wanted people to play with a new set. And so um, Ikoria did come out on time on, like, on Magic Online and Magic Arena, um, but it got delayed in most of the world in tabletop. Um, now, it eventually came out, and like I said, uh, the other thing is we worked with stores. Uh, some stores, for example, while they couldn't have in-play, you know, most of the stores couldn't have in-play play uh, because of, of the pandemic, um, they, they were able to open up and sell stuff. And so uh, Ikoria, while it came out late, did come out. And, and like I said, it is not, it's the first time I can ever remember, uh, like a, especially a premiere set of it not coming out on the, on the date it's supposed to come out. Um, like normally if, if something gets changed, it's like, you know, months and months and months ahead of time. Like, you know, in a year from now, we're going to shift this by a week. But like, as far as the, from the end consumer part, like it comes out the date we say we're gonna, it's going to come out. Like even when we shift things, it's way, way ahead of time. It, it's not, this was a very different animal for magic. And, and one of the things that's really interesting also, um, I don't know if I can cover this is when the pandemic first happened, there's so much going on. Like, uh, events were a big deal, right? A big part of magic is all these events. And, Early on, you know, we started shutting things down, and then eventually it was clear we had to shut everything down. Um, and so just there are so many people in our company doing so many different things, trying to, like, one of the things, not only were we working at home, um, and once again, this is a little less me. I work two years ahead, so um, I, I, th- there's a lot of people in our company that are working on things that are much more up-to-date. For example, another big thing that happened was we print a lot of magic product, and we print all over the world. And uh, because of COVID different sections were shut down and maybe certain printing plants were closed. Um, I know, for example, that we had um, Jumpstart, for example, was a product. Uh, it's a very complicated product. It's a brand new thing. It just requires some uh, printing processes that are not something that every printing place can do. And um, when one of the places that can print it closes down, well, we have to just wait till we can print more. And so um, there definitely were a bunch of, you know, like... Not only did Ikoria get delayed, but there definitely were printing things where we couldn't... I mean, Jumpstart had this weird thing that not only weren't we able to print as much as we wanted to print, but demand was also higher because people really loved Jumpstart. So a combination of really high demand and just lots of sort of COVID-related uh, issues meant that like that product... I mean, even now, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a limited run, meaning we'll, we'll print to demand. So more is coming. Uh, but there's a lot of people, and there's certain sections of the world I know right now that haven't even got it yet. And they're like, when can we get this? And, you know, we're, we're working through a lot of that. Like, one of the big challenges on our end of this whole pandemic has been just infinite new problems to solve that you've never solved before. Like, okay, we're all working at home. We have to solve that problem. Uh, you know, there's all these printing issues we have to solve. There's all these... Um, how, how events are done and now how we're trying to do stuff online. And, you know, it's anyway, one of the things that hats off to my fellow coworkers in that, um, these last five months have been 
there's been more scrambling than I've ever seen in the sense that we're constantly reacting to things. And there's all sorts of new problems we've never had before. Um, and that has been definitely something that's been um, – it's been very interesting to watch. Um, mostly um, – I mean I guess the, the big thing to me is um, the reason I'm sort of telling the story is I, I just want you to understand that much like this has had a big impact on all of you, it's, it's had a big impact on us. Uh, and on magic, and I'm making magic and such. Oh, my final story before I wrap up for today is the impact on drive to work itself. Uh, so one of the biggest impacts for me, which is very interesting, is uh, you know I I do my podcast on my drive to work. Well, um, what happens when you stop driving to work? So what happened originally was I back in the day normally I would get a I would I would get like six to eight weeks ahead um, and part of the reason is I drive into the work four times a week I Fridays I work at home um, and so I only needed two podcasts a week so I sometimes would get ahead I'd rec- I'd record on a lot of days sometimes I'd re-record but I would it, it would be easy for me to get ahead so I, I normally would be six to eight weeks ahead so the first thing we did is we didn't know how long the thing was lasting so I just played the podcast that I had um, but I was slowly burning up the the, the backload I had and so. So uh, I then decided, okay, well, if I'm going to be stuck at home and doing podcasts, I mean, like I, I figured out I had to do podcasts at home. Like there's no way to – I was going to run out of podcasts. So I said, okay, if I'm going to do podcasts at home, let's do something I can't do in the car. And that one of the things – my number one request I get uh, for is people really, really want me to have guests. And one of the problems of doing a podcast in my car driving to work is – well, a few people live near me. I can occasionally drive Matt Cavada to work or something, but um, most people don't live anywhere near me. And a lot of the people they'd like me to interview, like like Richard Garfield or something, like don't even work at Wizard. So like it's not even you know it doesn't even make sense. Like at least Wizards employees could choose to drive to my home, and some of them have. Um, but anyway, what I realized was I had the opportunity to do interviews. And there's all sorts of people. Like one of the things about working on magic for as long as I have is I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people that have made magic. I know a lot of people external to magic. I, I just know a lot of people. So it's been fun sort of interacting with lots of different guests. Um, and I honestly didn't know how long the pandemic was going to last. Like, I didn't know how long we'd be stuck at home. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just do interviews until this is done. Uh, and then eventually I'm like, oh, okay, this is not ending for a while. So I decided, okay, um, I do enjoy these sort of solo podcasts. Um, I said, okay, what we'll do is uh, I'll, I'll continue doing the interviews because those have been really fun to do. The audience seems to really like them. But I'll, I'll, I'll revert back to having one of them be my normal sort of uh, monologue uh, podcast, if you will. So... But anyway, so that's what's going on. So the, my plan right now is to do one interview a week and one um, uh, sort of solo podcast. I'd love to get feedback on that, by the way. If you guys are like, more solo podcasts or we love the interview, whatever, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear from you what you guys like. And also, um, are there people you'd love for me to interview that I haven't interviewed yet? I'd love to get requests on people you think would be cool interviews. Um, anyway, what I'm saying is I would love some feedback um, on what you guys would like. I, I, I'm... Just like uh, we're adapting making magic, I'm adapting and making my podcast. So uh, like right now I'm, I'm walking in my basement recording my podcast. This is not normally how I do my podcast. Uh, so this is new to me. Anyway, um, mostly what I was hoping today's podcast would do for you is explain a um, – yeah, this has been weird for me too. This has been weird for us at Wizards and, and uh, just like the, the pandemic has sh- shaken up the whole world, it's shaken up us. But – 
the good news and this kind of the, the big message I want to say is, look, we're making magic. Uh, it is not slowing us down. There's really, we're making really cool stuff. Uh, and um, I do think when we finally put this stuff out, like two years from now, that you're not going to different, differentiate between what was made in the building and out of the building. I think we've done a really good job of, of figuring out a system so we can keep making magic awesome. So anyway, hopefully all you are doing well and uh, you all aren't going too star crazy. Um, I, I, one of the jokes is um, when I, I work in my den and then whenever I leave my den at the end of the day, I always say, honey, I'm home. Uh, and so that's become a running joke because um, normally I have a half hour drive for those that like you who listen to this podcast. Um, anyway, so that, my friends, is magic in the pandemic. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, but it looks like it's time for me to get to work. I've arrived at work. So we all know what that means. I mean, this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. Okay, guys, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.